Welcome to Ufahamu Africa, a podcast about life and politics on the African continent. I'm Kim Dion, one of your hosts, and I'm joined by my co-host, Rachel Beatty-Riedel. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Kim. Happy end of the quarter slash semester to all of our academic friends out there. So Kim and I are still wrapping up on our quarter systems and ready to celebrate all of our fantastic seniors who are graduating and all of the good work and scholarship that's been done this academic year. And not least in terms of the seniors, I want to give a shout out to our fabulous production editor here at Ufahamu Africa, Kara Savick. Congratulations, Kara, and thank you so much for your good work. Yes, congratulations, Kara. And before we get into the news segment, I wanted to share with our listeners an exciting new collaboration we have with The Monkey Cage, a blog on politics and political science at The Washington Post, for which I'm an editor. As some of our listeners may know, this Friday featured the first installment in TMC's sixth annual African Politics Summer Reading Spectacular, a weekly series about newly published books on African politics broadly defined. My co-editor, Laura C., and I select about a dozen new books that we want to read, and we invite our readers to read along with us. This year, we're adding something new. Each week, I'll record a reading of the TMC review, and we'll post it to Ufahamu Africa's feeds as bonus content. For example, in this week's installment of the African Politics Summer Reading Spectacular, Laura reviewed Aisha Asori's excellent memoir, Love Does Not Win Elections. I encourage our listeners to go online and read it. But in case you haven't had a chance to read it, by Monday morning, you'll see in our Ufahamu Africa podcast feed, whether you listen on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, or even just via our website, a brief bonus episode with me reading Laura's review aloud. We hope you enjoy this bonus content. And as always, we welcome our listeners' feedback on this new collaboration or really anything you'd like to share about the show. So now that we've introduced that, what news do we want to start with this week, Rachel? Well, I want to plunge right into the news coming out of Sudan this week, following the opposition-led protests that we've been discussing that have been now sustained for months in the face of military government intransigence and now government violence against the protesters. New York Times reported that at least 108 demonstrators have been killed and hundreds of others have been wounded since security forces stormed a protest camp in Khartoum on Monday. Pro-democracy groups have vowed to continue peaceful protests that gathered momentum after the ouster in April of President Omar Hassan al-Bashir. And protesters said that until the ruling military council is removed and those responsible for the deaths this week are brought to justice, they will continue to be out in the streets. Now, before Monday's violence, the military and protest leaders had been negotiating the makeup of a transitional council that would run the country until elections could be held. Pro-democracy groups had been insisting that civilians dominate this council, which the generals were resisting. The military then suspended talks this week and announced it was canceling previous agreements and would hold elections within seven to nine months. But on Wednesday, the head of the Transitional Military Council abruptly offered to restart negotiations. And this was an offer that then pro-democracy groups promptly rejected, saying that they couldn't participate in talks while this military crackdown continued. Now, just yesterday, Friday, Prime Minister of Ethiopia, Ahmed Abi, who has been serving in as a regional leader trying to facilitate the way out of this impasse in Sudan, met with representatives on both sides to try to revive talk protest leaders and Sudan's ruling generals in the face of this violent crackdown. Al Jazeera News reports that Sudanese security forces promptly arrested two opposition leaders shortly after they met with Abi during these reconciliation talks in Khartoum. 
pro-democracy activists say their only hope at this time is for a split within the military, hoping that lower level officials will support the public protests and that this will put pressure on the regime from within. So a lot of instability, increasing violence and an impasse between protesters and the generals. Right, really important. And, and it's quite something to behold that protesters are sustaining these efforts and really sticking to uh, their call for a real democracy. And, um, and so uh, in solidarity with those protesters, you know, we, we really hope that, that there's going to be a peaceful